There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Tis the season to overreact to videos from Rookie Camp. Is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the next media sleeper cell to be named GM of the Raiders. And with me, as always, is AJ. It was never Mac Jones Marchese. It was, it was, it was a never Mac Jones, clearly, very obviously. Today, we're going to grade every draft class from the AFC and NFC West. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's going to wage your future picks away? Who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Sports. Culture. Takes. TakeLine has it all. TakeLine is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your pods. And the NHL playoffs are way underway, so if you want to get extra takes, head on over to the Locker Room. It's a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. You can talk to Locker Room folk like AJ other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, which AJ is hosting every night of the NHL playoffs, debates, which AJ is leading every night after the games, and post-game breakdowns that come after the debates. And AJ is constantly reacting on locker room, live at all times, to every goal and NHL breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. AJ, Got any takes this week uh, coming from the NHL playoffs? Yeah, if, if Boston loses this series, I would protest it. Tom Wilson shouldn't be on the ice. As he gets a puck, as I say that, that's funny. Uh, all you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow AJ to be notified when AJ goes live or any other podcast host. And we'll be going live on the Locker Room on every day after playoff NHL playoff games. Um, AJ, quickly, who's taking the cup home this year? Uh, the Leafs, of course. And that's why AJ 
will never make it big because that's a bad take. And speaking of bad, no, only one team in the AFC West had a bad draft. So yeah. hey, the other three did very well. This is actually going to be a pretty positive overall podcast, except for like two teams specifically, um, who have both played in LA before huh? and moved in recent history. Huh? That's a tease. Because we're starting with the Denver Broncos, who have never moved. Interesting. And I'm giving them I'm giving them an A. I also gave them an A, and uh, fuck, I should have checked. Uh, a positive 313 value grade, I think that's my best one. It has to be. That's your highest one? I think so. I don't know. Just say yeah. Edit this out and say, yeah, that's my highest one, Rob. No one will know. Nobody's going to tr- fact check. Exactly. Fine. Yeah. Okay, so obviously, if you remove the fact that they passed on Justin Fields to roll with the combo of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, Case Cookus is on the roster, so keep that in mind. Um, but if you remove that from your mind, taking Patrick Sertan ninth, it's hard. It's hard to bang it. It's a priority position, perfect scheme fit, um, number one corner for AJ in this class. I think consensus yep. top twelve player. Uh, and, and although they did a good job addressing the corner position uh, in the offseason with Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, it's if you're not going quarterback there, I get going certain. Uh Yeah, I totally agree. So when, when this pick happened, I think we were both kind of, why the hell aren't they taking Justin Fields? And um, I mean, still say that, but. All that aside, it's it's grown on me. Um, I like the pick now. I like I said, uh, like you said, my corner one. He was twelfth on the board for me. Um, and then you, you you parlay that with what I think is a terrific rest of the draft too. Um, it, it really it really makes this pick settle. And like you said, they they addressed it heavily in the offseason already. Um, but fuck it. I mean, you you can't you can't have enough. You I think corner. I don't want to say more so than a lot of positions because I don't want to be facts behind me, but. In recent years, it feels like a lot of these, um, not big free agent signings, but just free agent signings in general, haven't panned out at that position. So I, I totally get just picking the best corner in the draft, in my opinion, uh, adding to that core. And, I mean, hey, you're in, you're in <laughs> with Justin Herbert coming up and Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, you got to cover. And uh, so I, I'm not banging that pick at all. And in keeping in mind, like, they bring Kyle Fuller in on a one-year deal. Yeah. If – it, it, it gives them a lot of flexibility to not feel the need to pay Kyle Fuller this offseason. And again, I think the thing that it really comes down to is Patrick Sertain's like the perfect Vic Fangio corner. Yeah. He is so diverse in his coverability. He's going to thrive playing tons of quarters. He's, he's the combination, like he is, it is not shocking that his father was a Pro Bowl corner. He plays the position so flawlessly, mm-hmm. technique-wise. Like his hips are so fluid, his feet are so clean, um, and then then you like he's six two, and has fantastic eyes in zone, and when he's playing man coverage, it just his ability to find ball in phase is so easy. Everything just looks so easy for him. I think you made that point multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout uh, the processes, he just makes it look easy. Yeah, my takeaway was uh, makes it look easy, and it just everything's so slow for him. Yes. Um, they had three day two picks, starting with, in the second round, North Carolina running back Javante Williams. Uh, I wouldn't call it a, a shocking pick, but maybe not a, a team that we had necessarily associated with uh, Williams leading up to the draft. But 
They did move on from Philip Lindsay in the offseason. Melvin Gordon's there, but, I mean, he's a shell of his peak. I, I, how long until Javante Williams is the, the bell cow? Uh, bell cow, I don't know, probably probably end of the season. But, like, I think week one, or by week three, Javante Williams is getting more touches than, than Melvin Gordon. The, I think kind of what's being slept on with Javante Williams, because you throw on the tape, he runs angry as hell, big-time contact balance, runs so powerfully behind his pads, underrated uh, quickness that makes splashy plays. But his ability to impact passing downs, I think, is how he's going to find his way onto the field early. One of the best pass protectors in the class and a really underrated pass catcher and I think already the best pass catching back on the roster. Yeah, no, for sure. And and, and funny enough, well, not maybe not funny, but he, he can run block too. Like, he can do it all. Um, see, so yeah, I look. It, he's clearly gonna be uh, the dude in Denver sooner rather than later. Um, they jumped the, the the Miami Dolphins too to get him because uh, that was a badly kept secret. I think that the Finns were gonna take Javante Williams. Um, yeah, I mean, trading out for a running back maybe maybe not ideal, but I I do I do like the pick a lot because I, I like the player a lot and um, I get not a desperate need, but yeah, Melvin Gordon's not not good so. Uh, and then uh, in the third round, they take friend of the show, Quinn Miners, and one of AJ's favorite players, Baron Browning. Um, Miners felt like just an absolute steal at 98 and gives you a guy who could either plug right in at guard. Uh, he could back up Lloyd Cushenberry from day one as your starting center. I think the ultimate plan is he, he'll eventually replace Graham Glasgow uh, as, as, as starting opposite, um, opposite Dalton Risner at, at guard. I, I love that pick. And getting him with Mike Munchak, that's that's freaking money. Yeah, I mean, even biases aside, I think this is one of the the best picks of the draft. Uh, <laughs> I mean, our, our love for miners is no uh, is no secret, but yeah, I mean, this is terrific. And I, I can't believe he slid to ninety eight. He was my thirty eighth player on the, on my board. I think he was even higher than that for you. Uh, so yeah. just purely value at ninety eight, uh, it's crazy. But I think he just fits that offensive line uh, so well. Like you said. It, it, him being able to – I mean, I, I already believe he's such a great self-learner because of the way he, he improved himself uh, with zero football over the fall and summer. Um, so getting him with, with one of the best offensive line coaches of all time, uh, the sky is the limit for Quinn Miners in Denver. The mile high and sky. With Baron Brown, and, and with Baron Browning, we, we had talked about the Broncos early in the process, potentially taking Micah Parsons at nine yep. um, because Vic Fangio has a rich history with – explosive weaponized linebackers and they have some salt like aj johnson was solid last year josie jewels always going to be a f- we're always going to be fans of his but getting the elite athlete of baron browning and giving him to vic fangio to mold where browning's biggest flaws don't come physically they come more so uh, with instincts and, and just kind of awareness and coverage i think this is a perfect player to team match yeah like um i totally agree and i i don't even think i could think of a better linebacker fit after you know after the outside of the first round for the broncos and yeah. to get him at 105 is it's an absolute steal and uh yeah like he like he doesn't have to play right away he can sit and learn for a little bit um get him on the field and yeah i just think his run and hit ability uh with those pass rushers there uh yeah i think i think that's a match made in heaven and he, he's going to be a dude sooner rather than later. I think that's another absolute steal for the Broncos. 
and that's almost one of the guys you expected to potentially get overdrafted. Yeah, especially yeah, seeing guys like Walker Little and Jackson Carmen going so early because <laughs> five star recruit who has all the physical tools you look for, but not ne- didn't necessarily always put it all together at Ohio State. And, and now I think he's a way better overall player than both Carmen and Little. But you kind of thought maybe Baron Browning ends up a top fifty pick, getting him at one hundred and five. That's incredible value. Oh, definitely. Like, like Monty Rice went ahead to Baron Browning. I, I don't think there's a competition there. Ernest Jones went, uh, like right there too. Like that. Well, yeah, two picks ahead. Like that, that's. I think that's crazy. Like uh, so, I, even Chatsarat. I love Chatsarat. I, I think Baron Browning is a better prospect. So I think that is amazing. And it's out of all of those guys I just named, that's the perfect fit too for Fangio. And then the fifth round, they double down on versatile DBs with Caden Stearns from Texas, Jamar Johnson from Indiana. Um, with the Stearns pick, that's a guy who was a huge recruit, huge freshman year, kind of fell fell down. His, his play fell down as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And looked a little better as a junior, but um, a guy who was kind of polarizing through the process. I like getting him here, getting them a, a backup big nickel who's got some safety experience. Uh, and then with Jamar Johnson, it's more of a, with, with Stearns, you get to play him down low. Jamar Johnson's more of that classic single high dude who didn't test as well as you'd like to see, but also was a guy I thought could go in the third round, getting him in the fifth round, awesome value. And, and just uh, uh, two worthwhile swings yeah. in the fifth round on depth dudes. Yeah, I totally agree. Great swings. I think both were, you know, Stearns, uh, maybe maybe just a little later we should have went on I, I, Johnson like 107, he went 164. So I think that's really good value, and yeah, there's a lot to clean up with Johnson and Stearns, but uh, the the high end the high end plays and the high end talent for Stearns. I mean, we know we know that's there. So to swing on the, these guys after pick 150 um, in a secondary where I know they address it, but they still need help. I think that that that's a great great combo. And then sixth round, this is another swing I really liked was getting Seth Williams, who's a guy you who a year ago people were talking about, could this guy elevate to a potential first-round prospect? Mm -hmm. Height, weight, speed guy. Had some of the most jaw-dropping grabs at Auburn. Also struggled in bigger games and had the case of the drops at times. But getting him in the sixth round as your kind of your Cortland Sutton backup, I like that a lot. Yeah, also struggle with uh, quarterback plays, (laughs) which uh, isn't going to be too different in Denver. But uh, here we are. Yeah, I, I do too. I think... I think he should have went higher than this. Um, and, yeah, like like you said, he yes. could have been a first-round pick if things panned out for him. I mean, I, I don't think it would have happened, but the talk was there. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we saw what the receiver core looked like once Sutton went down. And, uh, obviously, there's no lack of talent there. Tim Patrick's are a really good option now, too. And Handler's coming on and mm-hmm. Judy's coming on. But um, none of those dudes are big. So, adding, adding a bigger target, um, I like that. Uh, and then seventh round, Kerry Vincent, Jonathan Cooper, Marquis Spencer. I like all three of these for different reasons. And getting another versatile DB in Vincent, who who played a lot of snaps yeah. two years ago on that championship LSU team, has experience playing uh, deep safety and, and playing nickel. Um, Cooper's more of a, a lunch pail edge rusher who doesn't have all the athletic traits you look for, but was also known as one of the best leaders on that Buckeyes team. And then Spencer's a, a freaky athlete who was a guy I really ended up liking uh, late in the process, and uh, I thought was worth the top two hundred pick. Yeah, and I, I thought Vincent was a top worth the top two hundred pick too. Um, getting that speed on the back end is intriguing. Um, Denver, I feel like they, they usually find one of these good lunch pail kind of rushers on late day three. 
Not like maybe don't come in and have terrific careers, but always contribute. I can see that being with Jonathan Cooper again. And, and yeah, Spencer's definitely intriguing. Uh, I, I think, I, honestly, I don't think they made a, a bad pick in the least. I, I think that, no. that's maybe the only team you can really say that for, too. Even the guys who I might have been lower on, where they took them, was like very justifiable to gr- justifiable to great value. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and again, as long as you remove the thought that they passed on Joseph Fields, their draft is awesome. Totally. And I mean, t- to grade the draft, I think it wouldn't be fair to include the Justin Fields factor, right? Uh, probably not, no. Yeah. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, the Chiefs have one. And they trade their first-round pick to get him some protection. Orlando Brown. So no first-round pick. But they still came away with a really, really great draft, in my opinion, and I, I ended up giving them an A. I gave them a B plus. And uh, Damn, va- value? value grade a plus one eighty. But a lot of that was, uh, I think, Trey Smith is a steal. I mean, we know why he fell, but uh, I think he was a lot better player than where he selected. So no first round pick, but two second round picks, where they get two borderline first round players. Yeah. I actually had a first round grade on Creed Humphrey, and I had Nick Bolton as a top thirty five guy, if I remember right. Um, I, I think like they couldn't do better with those picks. They get a, a plug and play linebacker to complement Willie Gay, who they drafted last year on day two, and then your new starting setter in Creed Humphrey. That combo of Willie Gay and Nick Bolton going forward, uh, it's just just a stick their nose in the fan thumping duo that can that can move, run and hit. I love that. That's so much fun. And yeah, he was 39th on my well, go. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say one thing we've said about the Chiefs in recent years. Obviously, they've been incredible, but the one thing you could always point to was a lack of athleticism in that linebacker core. Yeah, and between taking Gay and Bolton, you get two madmen who are so explosive downhill and look to kill. Yeah, I love it. That that duo um has the potential to be super super fun going forward if if they if they both pan out. I think Bolton I think Bolton's a really safe pick too. Like I said, Adam 39th. Yeah. So game 58th I think is a steal. But to to the to the Chiefs even more so because I think he's a guy that the floor is high for us. So I, I think you're coming in and, and getting a really good f- football player. And the same goes for Creed Humphrey, where I think the floor is super high for it and the ceiling's just as high because I had a first-round grade. He was 20th on my board, game at 63, uh, one of the best values of the draft. Um, I don't know why he fell. He, he There was no reason for him to fall. Um, well, th- especially when you, you – you could maybe point to, well, center – it, it doesn't have the same yeah. value some other positions. But then you look at, like, I mean, it was only one pick ahead of him, but Josh Myers going ahead of him blows my mind. Yeah. I, and, then, I mean, even if you look at IOL, like, like Banks goes, Carmen, if he's kicking his like, yeah. it makes it makes no sense to me. Um, and, like, Dickerson went 37, where, you know, he more than deserving to go. But uh, you point to the injury history there. So I don't know why Humphrey slipped to uh, 63. Regardless, uh, the rich get richer, and that – that Chiefs offensive line, man, it's amazing how they've overhauled it. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous that somehow they went from what you saw in the Super Bowl, and I know that's not really what they were, but banged up and they just churned it all over to maybe the deepest group in the NFL. It, it is ridiculous, especially, and we'll touch on this in a second, when you get Trey Smith in the sixth round yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, no third-round pick, so they make the most of their two-day two picks. 
fourth round, I like swinging on Josh Kando for them. Uh, a guy who was a huge recruit, freaky athlete, was rarely healthy at Florida State. When he was on the field, you saw the flashes mm-hmm. of ridiculous get-off and bend and flexibility for, for a 6'6 edge rusher. I like them taking him here. A team that doesn't necessarily need him to make any sort of impact at any time soon. Um, and you can, you can work with those physical traits and hopefully develop them into a uh, a situational pass rusher at least. Yeah, like maybe, maybe a round too high for me. Um, but for the situation, I, I don't I don't mind it. Um, but like I, I love the first two picks. I love the last two picks and the middle two picks. Are like okay, that's fine. And kind of the same thing for Noah Gray to a lesser extent, where I, I don't like it as much. Um, <laughs> I think I think yeah, with that Noah Gray pick, if you're just to look for I because I'm with you. Like I thought he was an undrafted guy. If you're look for positives with that, is you get you get a guy who has the experience to play in line, play mm-hmm. fullback, play some H back. It, it's the versatility is kind of his biggest plus uh, when looking at him on in the context of the Chiefs roster. I think Noah Gray was like my second last draftable grade, so just just snuck in there, and and yeah, I I get the versatility, I get the fit, um, kind of a need. Like they haven't really been able to fill that tight end two role great, but it's a tight end two role when you got the, one of the best tight ends in history in front they of. They need a fullback. Yeah, no, true, true. That's true. I mean, still. Uh, one, but okay, I'm not. I'm not. Here, I'm not. Here, I'm not here to bang the table. No, you are. You're banging the table. I, I respect it. I'm banging the table. He's he's got a Duke education. <laughs> uh, okay, here here here's a pick I I know you love getting Cornell Powell at 181, where I think I I thought the absolute like I thought 120 was the floor for him. Yeah, I had a 117, uh, and I kind of did think um, like 120 was kind of the the floor and. I think he's kind of like the the perfect uh, addition when you're losing Sammy Watkins. I, I, I mean, he's more pro Sammy Watkins than Clemson Sammy Watkins, but I think he's the the kind of perfect uh, perfect guy to come in here when you're when you lost a guy like Sammy Watkins. He's making this team like you. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Terry Kill um, and, and Nicole Harbin are there, but after that, it's pretty wide open. Yeah, and he has such a high floor to me. Um, and. Outside of Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, like those are like those are, that's his competition to be the third wide receiver on this Chiefs team, and like his ability to get fit uh, downfield and kind of like a like not an overly physical but kind of rugged, just like a well-rounded, solid dude, and uh, I think that's kind of exactly what they need in this wide receiver core. Yes, uh, and then sixth round they get Trey Smith, which if not for the blood clot two years ago, I have to assume he would have been like a third round pick because yeah. he. Even even if you weren't a fan of Trey Smith, you didn't think he was going outside of the fourth round. He like he was a, a freaking people masher who's got the experience playing guard and tackle. Just a dominant run blocker gets to go to a situation where there there are definitely flaws in pass protection technique wise, but gets to go to a situation where he's gonna be able to, to sit and learn from one of the deepest offensive line groups in the league. Yeah, it's a, it's a perfect home for Trey Smith. Um does suck that it ended up being in the sixth round because going into the year, uh, blood clots aside, you know you saw him in every first round mock. Uh, but regardless, I think I think he found a great home, and I think this is gonna work out for Trey Smith. And uh, one of the one of the biggest steals, uh, like to get him two twenty six, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Chiefs' offensive line and getting excited about the possibilities. Such a fun group, all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is a fun group too. It's 
like that, the offensive line outside of the injuries was not bad at all, but somehow it's they just absolutely reloaded it, and it looks even better. Speaking of reloading offensive lines, oh, no. moving to the Raiders, who attempted to, <laughs> they did, um, and had one of the worst drafts in the draft in in the NFL. Uh, I I I give him a C minus. I also give him a C minus. Uh, value grade of a negative 130. Perfect. That's what you, you want. Yep. Uh, obviously, they, they shocked the world. We, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Taking Alex Leatherwood, 17th, who I don't think is going to be a bad player. They're, they're playing a plug-and-play on at right tackle, but yep. the value just wasn't there. And, and I think you've mentioned this a couple times. Is th- You never know what's going to happen when the Raiders are on the clock because they take their guys regardless of it. Of if the value's there, um, they don't seem to care for trading back to do it, uh, and it, it it's kind of a shit show when when Mike Mayock's making his picks with Gruden. Um, so the Leatherwood pick really set the tone for this class. <laughs> for 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 yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I love it. I, I think we need a team in the NFL that does stuff like this. It's just like the Al Davis speed picks, except in a different fashion. I think it's fun, and honestly, I think I think. From the start of this Gruden regime, I feel I felt like they're building a seven and nine to nine and seven team, and it just keeps continuing that way. Because Alex Leatherwood is a starter. Oh fuck it, that, those those records don't even exist anymore. God damn it! So I was wrong this whole time. But uh, a team in the middle, and and Alex Leatherwood kind of screams to that. Where okay, you're gonna plug him in. He's gonna be a solid tackle. Um, he's gonna play for a while, but he's just not gonna be anything special. And and when he, when you had a really good offensive line unit. I don't understand why you're overhauling it and then spending a top 20 pick on a guy uh, who's more of a second rounder. And and that's kind of my main takeaway from the class. Like I like a lot of the guys they drafted. They just drafted them in it's, it, it, they took them either a round or two too early and they just don't make a ton of sense. I mean, taking three safeties in one draft is insane, but uh, <laughs> the first safety they take in the second round, Trevon Morig, that's like, when they make that Leatherwood pick, you're like, oh, God, that's so Raiders, the Alabama thing, um, just not understanding value, not trying to trade back. They get the Morig uh, in the second round, and you think, well, mentally, if you flip those, it, <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. Morig is a perfect scheme fit, the best safety in the class, can dominate as a single high guy, showed the ability to cover tight ends in the and come down and, and uh, play big nickel. Uh so that pick, that's hard to criticize, right? Oh, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. I mean, in the moment, at least, and then they spent more more capital on safety. But when this pick happened, it's like, okay, Raiders, is your draft back in, back on track? Let's see what you can do. You know, they 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 pulled a couple of steals uh, on day three before, uh, late day two. It's like, you know what? This is a good one, and it's a perfect pick. And then, hey, the, one of those aforementioned steals, Max Crosby, he was an edge rusher from the MAC. And they uh, they try to reignite the fire here with, with Malcolm Coons, uh, who I think we were both fans of. But uh, two rounds later, yeah, two rounds <laughs> later, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I I had him one forty eighth, and this was seventy ninth. So yeah, six sixty nine, nice. Uh, and I, okay, I was a little. High. I think I had him like one twenty, and I really do like him. Yeah. But I also had him 120 thinking someone's going to get this dude in the sixth round. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, what a steal. But then he goes in the 79th. And he got the – man, even came on NFL Network and, and mentioned the Yannick Ngakwe kind of comparison, uh, who they obviously signed. 
Um, and, and, and part of it is, okay, you love this guy. I get that. The value's not necessarily there. Edge is a, a, a position group you definitely need to work on. But you signed Yannick Ngakwe this offseason. Max Crosby has been their best pick since Mayoff took over. Yeah. Um, and then you is this them just like openly admitting, yeah, Colin Farrell ain't it. We took him fourth overall and he ain't it. Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think we already knew that, but I don't I don't know um, what they expected when they took it, him fourth overall though. <laughs> it, it's well, it's like the Leatherwood thing. When when they took him, we're like, Well this if like I think this guy's gonna be a pretty good pro. I mean that I guess that was wrong already. Um but like if you we were thinking like taking him like forty and they took him fourth. Um, and then going to the Divine Diablo pick, a guy we, I think we both like again, but I liked him in the f- like 120 range, and it just it's another pick where it's like you took Tanner Muse <laughs> in the third round last year. Diablo's, a, to me, a way better player than Tanner Muse, but it's the same idea as college safety, so much size, really athletic, going to be a, a linebacker convert. And is this them just being like, yeah, I know we botched it with that muse pick like you all thought. I know, right? Like, like I had Diablo 97th, so a uh, little, little, little bit, but I'm not going to really hate the, re- the, um, the value there. Um, but, yeah, the fit is – I mean, you're bringing him to play linebacker, but like you just said, he did the same thing with Tanner Muse, and you overdrafted him because he ran fast. Like, I, I, it feels like there's no plan. It feels like there's no plan. Speaking of, like, then I do really go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say in the fourth round, they go safety yeah. again. So, their third safety with they take three safeties top 150. <laughs> but I love Tyree Gillespie, me too. And I think at minimum, you're getting a star special teams player, which I think Mayock mentioned when he was on NFL Network. Um, I, I think a, a guy who played a ton of single high at Missouri, who's got the ability to be more of a strong safety type, um. But, I mean, I guess in theory this is your third safety because you took Abram in the first round, and that's not looking great either. And, I don't know, maybe they're building a team that probably would have thrived in the 80s, though. So, <laughs> Which is awesome. I mean, funny enough, uh, Diablo was 97th on my board. Gillespie was 96. So I, I do love the pick. I think it's great value here, but it's uh, – I mean, yeah, like it's just what's what's the whole plan overall? Like why, why are you taking – like? Morrigan and Gillespie kind of like the same similar idea there. Um, then Diablo, yeah, he's just playing. He's probably gonna be your linebacker, but then that's a similar idea with him. Like it's just what is what is the plan here? <laughs> like every one of these picks kind of makes you question another decision they made or this decision itself. Like which isn't good. Uh, but hey, AJ, they got Nate Hobbs in the fifth round, who I thought was gonna go in the seventh round. Uh, I, it's hard to. With everything else we've done, it's hard to like be mad about that. Freaky athlete who I think is gonna be really good on special teams, so there, there's a positive. That's all. I mean, I didn't have a draftable grade on him, but yeah, that's fucking that's sick. It, it, have you seen his testing though? He tested well. That's great. Lovey Smith got to do drafted. <laughs> but yeah, like, and then seventh round they take Jimmy Morrissey because him love and Miyaka from the same area. This is the best pick they made because him and Miyaka are pit guys, and yeah, it's sick. It's great. How, how quickly things turn. Mike Mayock was my hero growing up, and now I think he's the worst GM in the NFL. Yeah, but you'll love um, him when he's back on TV. It's okay. I will. Uh, finally, the LA Chargers. Um, speaking of love, I give them an A. Uh, I give them an A-. And 
funny enough, I love their class. Uh, but value grade kind of is, is, isn't great. It's a negative 118. But I love the class. Um, yeah, I mean, Rashawn Slater, top 10 player. Second most important position in football. Their biggest need, getting yep. him 13. Slam dunk, get Justin Herbert. Protection for the next decade. Uh, it, it, it's hard to say I'm shocked he fell to 13, but I am. I Generally, franchise left tackles are top 10 picks. No, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's Tristan Wirfs kind of all over again. And um, I mean, la- last year made more sense when there was all these other tackles and like, okay, they're they're not too far apart. Uh, but this year it was obviously Penesula and Rashawn Slater, and then everyone else. Um, so absolutely, th- this is the the slam dunk. Like this and the Justin Fields move are the two best picks, other than the top th- three picks, right? Yes. Like, in terms of, like... Yes. Like, uh, yeah, where, like, these players are going to come in and immediately impact uh, your team. And, like, like Slater could be, uh, like, a, a piece to get them back to the playoffs. I mean, their offensive line, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, the Chiefs rebuilding theirs, which overshadows what the Chargers have done this offseason, right? They bring in Corey Lindsley. Yeah. And keep in mind, they had, I think, the worst offensive line in the NFL. Justin Herbert was killed last year yeah. but and that's how you know he's so good so they they, they signed Corey lindsley they signed matt, matt filer from the steelers that's probably two of your starting like lindsley's your starting center i'm assuming matt filer's your starting uh left guard you obviously you draft for sean slayer he's your left tackle brian bulaga hopefully stays healthy he's your right tackle uh and then kind of one guard spots open and, and uh, i'm assuming that goes to ode abushi and that offensive line isn't horrible, and I actually like one of their other offensive line picks that we'll talk about in a second. But before that, uh, second round, speaking of sons of NFL corners, Asante Samuel Jr., um, this is right around where I had him. Me too. A team that had a need at corner, uh, obviously a new defensive head coach of Brett Staley, gets a guy who, who I think's best fit is at nickel but has the ability to play on the outside. Um I'm really excited about this pick. I was going to ask you, do you, do you think he gets a shot outside uh, first? Yes, because of they kind of need it. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. And you look at the roster and it, like, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, like their their corner group is probably the uh, – I'm going to go ahead and say it's the, their outside corner group is the worst in the NFL at this point because it, it, it must be. Like DB is a big question for them if Derwin James isn't healthy. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so I think getting Samuel, who could fill the outside role, kick inside, kind of do a bit of everything for you, uh, is a perfect pick here. Uh, uh, third round, two picks. They start with uh, from AJ's neck of the woods, Josh Palmer from Tennessee, also from Brampton, Ontario, Canada. I love this because last year, obviously, Mike Williams and Key Allen are solidified go-to studs. But because of injury and Justin Herbert loving the deep ball, they had a steady rotation of Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson making huge downfield plays. <laughs> and I think like Josh Palmer is not a blazer, but his ball-tracking ability and ability to separate deep – Yep. Made, made such a splash for the volunteers when they could ever get him the ball that I, I love this. Uh, it's a perfect fit, absolutely. Like I, I didn't have Palmer's top one hundred guy. Um, I, had a, I thought he's more of a fourth round guy, but um, the fit is so good that I, I can't I can't knock that at all. Because 
<laughs> exactly. Having, having those two uh, virtual randos, I know they're not, but <laughs> making these big plays for the for the Chargers last year. Josh Palmer is exactly what they needed, and like you said, he's not he's not you know a blazing forty guy, but he's just so good at winning deep, and he can he can stack corners, uh, and like you said, his ball tracking is awesome, and he was kind of just held back by the lack of talent at quarterback for Tennessee. Um, so like I think like if he if he had it like I we've been saying since since the fall he's gonna be a better pro than a college player, and I, I think he found the perfect spot for that to be true. Yes, like getting to be the third receiver on with with two well one Pro Bowl receiver and one borderline Pro Bowl receiver yeah. opposite and the most aggressive downfield passer potentially in the NFL not named Patrick Mahomes. Like they it, it's amazing. Um the other third round pick kind of is where you start to uh, Trey McKitty, ninety seventh, bad tight end class. I was shocked. Thought he was his ceiling was fifth round. I saw him more as a seventh round guy. Um, really good blocker, move tight end, who just never really got much of an opportunity at Florida State or Georgia to be a pass catcher. Gets to come in behind Jared Cook. Uh, they, they, I mean, Donald Parham's there. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I think this is another case of guy of a guy who's going to be better as a pro than in college. Um, I agree. It's it's another one where the fit makes more sense than the value. Yeah, like I had him one fifty ninth, so I wouldn't have taken him ninety seventh. Um, and that that even my grade off him is kind of based off a great Senior Bowl week where he was flashing one headed catches left, right, and center. Uh, so that that kind of elevated my grade to be to be honest. Um, top one hundred, am I taking him here? No, uh, but like you said, the fit is good. It's a need. Um, and I I in this group I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't love it, but I don't hate it because I think I think we always knew he was going to get overdrafted. Surprise! It was a top one hundred yeah. overdraft. I thought it was going to be like you know, one hundred to one the fourth round. Um, so I, I don't I don't hate it. I get it. Uh, I just don't love the value. Yeah, I think in a, in a bad tight end class, um, he's a safe long term tight end too. Uh, I think I think yeah, he's got some upside. Yeah, I think I think there's some upside. Yeah, there. no, I. I I think he again a guy who landed in the perfect spot to reach his potential. Yeah. Um, fourth round they take Duke pass rusher Chris Rumpf, a bit of a tweener, uh, similar kind of to Incheno and Mosu in that way where yeah. really flash speed rush ability, um, but built more like an off ball linebacker and even more so than Mosu. I'm interested to see how he's deployed. the The, the Chargers have loved kind of these versatile yeah. linebacker. <laughs> edge like i mean kazir white going the opposite way was like this safety linebacker hybrid and then uh nwosu in rumford more of this pass rusher linebacker hybrid so i think that was an interesting one um i'm assuming there's somewhat of a plan there considering staley's the head coach yeah i i think so he kind of falls into the same realm with the, with the other two picks uh where i thought it was too early but um i i think i think that there, there's gonna be a fit there i like the brendan james pick Hymas in the fifth round. That is that how you say it? Hymas, yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I like that pick a ton. I think he's a guard in the NFL, and he's a guy who I would have taken early fourth round. They get him in the fifth round. Uh, I, I think he's a guy who maybe down the road takes Abushi's job. Really good athlete, thunderous hands, really powerful run blocker. The biggest flaws with him came in pass protection. His feet were, were uh, an issue, and that's more of why I saw him as a guard. But I like that pick a lot. 
yeah, I think I think he's kind of a swing tackle, um, guard home probably um, for for the long haul. Um, agreed that I had, like I had him one fortieth. So game here, I like that a lot to add to the depth of this offensive line. I think it's a perfect perfect pick. Sixth round, they take uh, Nick Neiman, whose brother is on the Chiefs, and, and Larry Roundtree, uh, two two uh, two guys who uh, I th- I think are gonna make an impact. Uh, Neiman on special teams, really freaky athlete, uh, and Roundtree as just a safe third back. I still think he he can win that second back job, but no, at the very worst, I think that's exactly what you're getting. Kind of that one cut and go, uh, well-rounded guy T- tested pretty well, if I remember correctly too. Um, and then Neiman tested tested really well. I, so I like those two guys a lot in the sixth round. Uh, and then finally, seventh round, Mark Webb, who another guy who's going to help on special teams, versatility played all over the Georgia secondary. Uh, just can't say anything bad about that that pick. Uh, I think sixth, seventh round when you take a versatile yeah. guy who you know is going to impact specials, it's always like a, a very solid safe. Yeah, he's uh, a, a minimum B. He's a classic pick for the last twenty picks of a draft, and like like you can yes. never go wrong with it. Uh, and you know what else you can never go wrong with AJ? What Rob? Please enlighten me. Betting online at Bet Online. Wow. This week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Get the, all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, but don't swing at a 3-0 pitch or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in to the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Well, they're already in them. I mean, AJ's giving us breakdowns of every NHL playoff game. So, bet online. You're online sportsbook experts. And maybe it's a Saturday afternoon. You're watching a little Islanders, Penguins, and your stomach starts grumbling. You work hard and you need to play hard. So, treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak company visit kansascitysteaks.com and get 10 percent off your order and free shipping with the code sd at checkout from classic steak cuts to usda prime to american style Kobe and hard to find specialty cuts and more kansas city steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill they make it so easy each order from kansas city steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. Uh, speaking of stakes, there's a lot at stake for the Arizona Cardinals with their last two first-round picks. Ain't I right, AJ? I thought you were going to say, speaking of Kansas City, let's go over their draft again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. I, I liked my transition better. Uh, there is a lot at stake, and I, I, I'm a little indifferent about this this group for the for the Cardinals. I gave them a B, but they they came up with a nice value grade, based, mainly because I loved both seventh round picks. So that they end up with a plus 112. 
Yeah, I, I give them a B as well. I think they some solid picks. Um, didn't love it all, but yeah, good value in the seventh round helped. So taking Isaiah Simmons last year was at the time really fun. Didn't feel fun during the season. <laughs> no. And they go back to the well by taking another freaky height, weight, speed linebacker in Zayvon Collins. Um, I, I think shocking, but AJ, you saw the hints leading up to the draft, so it wasn't actually shocking during the draft. Yeah. Just very interesting. They're going to be playing him and Simmons together uh, uh, at, at off-ball linebacker. It's, it's pretty cool. I think it's super risky, but pretty cool. If it works out, it's it's going to be super, super fun. Uh, they're both such fun. Two of the more fun linebackers, if you want to call Simmons a linebacker, uh, truly, uh, in recent memory for coming out. And, and I, if it works out, it's going to be great. Um, for real, like if we didn't see the couple warning signs, like the day of, the day before the draft, um, I would have been absolutely floored when this pick happened because yeah. it just was not on Same. my radar. I liked Collins. Um, I had him 26 overall, um, but not a first-round grade. So taking him 16th is a little little much, but like, I'm not going to bang them there. It's just I, I almost I don't trust them. Grade. I almost don't trust them to, to, to make it work with the both of them. I, after seeing what happened with like Simmons last year. He's obviously a very different player than Simmons, yeah. but the, the similarities are there in terms of just – kind of come out of nowhere to become absolute stud linebackers. Both huge, both freaky athletes, both kind of been viewed as guys who have the versatility to play different positions. Yeah. But I think ultimately Zayvon Collins is more of a true linebacker than Isaiah Simmons was. Um, he's going to play. I, and I think it's a really good scheme fit, so I love that. I think this helps Simmons a lot too, is getting a guy like Zayvon Collins, who who's more of that, he, although he is a versatile freak has more classic Mike linebacker to him. And, and just he, I, like he eats up blockers. He's so physical. He's got the range to, to play sideline to sideline. Um, but the ability to stack and shed and, and just stick his yeah. nose in knife, knife through blocks. That's something Isaiah Simmons struggles with. So I, I think getting a guy who's awesome at it next to him is big. No, that that's for sure. I'm, would you uh, would you be surprised if they're uh, rushing him, rushing the passer a lot with him? Uh, I think that that'd be a really cool way. Like they did that with Simmons last year. Like that's where Simmons made his flashiest plays was yeah. when they asked him to kind of rush a little more. So I'm hoping they do get a little funky with it and, and get these two doing all kinds of different things. Um, I I should stipulate that with they they tried to put too much on Simmons' plate last year and like, yeah. it felt like he never learned one position. So I hope they don't do that again. See where that's – I kind of just think that might happen. But I also think they just might stick him as a more designated pass rusher and and leave him there, which I also wouldn't like. So it's – it all comes down to I don't trust the Cardinals that much. But, um, I, I, I mean, again, if it works out, Simmons and Collins is a, is a fucking awesome duo. Agreed, and they their whole like the the next pick is so fun too. They take Rondell Moore in the second round, uh, Mighty Mouse, who did like I I'm gonna go ahead and guess he he is oh god he's wearing number eighty five AJ this Aww. changes everything. <laughs> um, but he I, I'm gonna guess there's there's more than just a third fourth receiver role for him day one. 
given the running back situation, I I'm gonna have to assume he, they they've got the, hopefully I hope so they'll have some fun with it and have some packages where he plays in the backfield, use him on jet sweeps, take advantage of that ridiculous contact balance. And if he can stay healthy, this could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a. I mean, hey, maybe he's Chad Williams 2.0 if he's wearing 85. But I mean, look, I, everything you just said is how they should use him. Uh, I almost don't trust them. I almost don't trust them here either. They just keep no, they, throwing well, picks. No, they haven't earned. They, yeah, they have not earned the benefit of the doubt for us to be super excited about these two picks. That smart teams taking these two, we would be super excited about. Yeah. They have to prove it. Yeah, we can. Like, I'm just scared it's not going to work. Me too, because I, I love both players. Um, funny enough, actually, I think I think Rondell Moore, the only guy in the whole draft that went exactly where I had him at 49. Um, so I, yeah, I love I love Moore. I love Collins. I hate the Cardinals, but <laughs> that aside, yeah, I just I don't know why I I should be excited, but there's so many receivers there, and they haven't shown like they haven't really used Christian Kirk well either, and like not the same guy but similar skill set, and now Kirk is kind of just like he, he's on thin ice there definitely, and I I hope it doesn't happen. I hope Rondell Moore works out, and you're very right that they should get him touches in the backfield. Like, like no doubt about it, but I I don't know if they do. I I even putting my fandom aside, like I I really really hope that Collins and more pan out there. Uh, fourth round they take Florida corner Marco Wilson. I thought this was a reach too. Me too. A guy who looks the part and, and tested unbelievably well, but his lack of ball skills and awareness and coverage and in in technical uh, like technique, his feet were awful. Uh, I thought this was too early. For a team that didn't have a ton, a ton of picks, yeah, I I thought he was more of a six round swing. Oh yeah, me me too. I had him one seventy sixth. Um, I mean yeah, ter- terrible feet and even worse shoes. But I'm, just, um, but yeah, I don't, I, nice. I don't get this pick. I, I it's just it comes down to him testing. Well, I think like, I don't know. I think there's so many better corners to even bet on. I I, I mean I could pull it up in front of me, but. I mean, it kind of feels like another corner pick for the Cardinals that they're just going to throw in there and hope it sticks, and it really doesn't, you know? Sixth round, they take Victor Dumakechi, I think is how you say it, and, and Tay Gowan. Dumakechi, uh, I, I kind of had him in this range. Shorter, stockier guy. I think good value here because I, th- I, I thought um, he was a very technically sound pass rusher. Tested a little better than I thought. A good developmental guy. Yeah. And then Tate Gallon, uh, a guy who had some flashy games at UCF. Um, I didn't think he had the most consistent tape, but good build, tested well. Uh, but again, the Cardinals don't really earn the benefit of the doubt with developing a corner, though. So, Yeah, no, I totally I agree with you on both fronts. But they make up for it with uh, picks in the 240s. Uh, James Wiggins, who, who only fell because of injury, I thought – I think we both have an item 124. I think you're around the same range as that. Yeah. <laughs> so just pure value. That's amazing. And it's a need. Um, and he's like, he's a leader. I think that's a great pick if, if, if he could stay on the field and, and all that pans out. And I think Manette's just kind of a safe center. Um, it's a need. They gave him a 247 out of 167. I think that's another really good pick. They, they always, they always need help on the offensive line. And like, it's kind of crazy that this was their only pick there, but I, I think they made a good so one. Man- to me, Manette's a developmental starter yeah. in his own scheme. And, and getting him behind Rodney Hudson, is I, I like that a lot. Yep. And then with, yeah, Wiggins, you get a guy who, uh, to me, is the perfect third safety because he has experience. At Cincinnati, he played like pretty much every position in the secondary 
uh, outside of outside corner. Like he played single high, he played too deep. He would come down in the box. He would match up with tight ends and slots. Uh, so getting him that late, I, I love those picks. Me too. Me too. I mean, if Minette was drafted last year, or the year before, he probably ends up starting games for the Cardinals. I mean, yeah. only only now because Hudson's there. But that, that's that's a good situation for him. No, I think I think both absolute slam dunk picks. Speaking of not slam dunk picks, uh, the Rams. The Rams draft was bad. I gave it the worst grade of any team I graded, uh, which was all of them, and I gave them a D plus. I gave them a C minus, which was tied for last. Uh, I think they got the worst value grade, so maybe I'll maybe I'll move them down. So I'll say I'll say it's the last because they had a negative three hundred and two. Oh my god! <laughs> well, that's what happens when. Well, first of all, so this is like hey, taking two. They don't have first round pick. They take two two out. Well, second round fifty seventh. Not a massive need. No. Drafted Van Jefferson last year. He showed flashes as a rookie. Um, he he should be uh, one of your top three guys this year. Um, you signed Deshaun Jackson, which whatever. But if you're signing Deshaun Jackson, and you've got Van Jefferson, and obviously Cup and Robert Woods are your, are your top two guys, like Tutu Atwell is coming in to compete for your fourth receiver role probably ends up your fifth uh i like it in terms of being like the kind of the fun weapon for mcveigh they love the 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 motion man yeah. and that's what at will at will can find a, a role there but not a need your your first pick and for me about 40 picks too early yeah same here 40 46 exactly for me um and i do think they're going to have um designed plays for him where he's he's going on that sweep, they fake him a couple times, and they give it to him, pop passes, and then they'll they'll send him deep twice a game. I think that's what you're getting from Tutu Atwell um, as a rookie and maybe his entire career. Because at 150 ish on a after after a heavy lunch, um, how long is he going to hold up in the NFL? So and and like if if you took him 103, actually it was funny enough, is exactly where I had him, and like it was on a different team that had a need. But similar fit, you know what I mean? I would be okay with it. Uh, but for a team that didn't have a lot of picks, this was their only premium pick, really. I don't get it. And I think it definitely Such a risk. D. Eskridge was their target. I think that's kind of what happened. Um, and they panicked and took Atwell. But, but yeah, I just don't see this really being more than a, than a gadget pick. Do you want me to, to bang the table for it in one, in one aspect here? Please. The Cardinals get Rondell Moore, who's tiny. <laughs> yeah. The Seahawks get Dwayne Eskridge, who's tiny. Both freaky dudes, athletically. The Rams just wanted to get their guy. So I love that, that all three of these dudes who who go go to the NFC West. That's hilarious. They committed to the bit, um, for sure. Yes. Third round, though. This pick's way worse. Yeah. They take South Carolina linebacker Ernest Jones, who Daniel Jeremiah is like the only person who thought it was a good pick. Um, <laughs> Ernest Jones was a guy who... I think 30 years ago could go in this range in the NFL. <laughs> he is he plays his ass off. Yeah. He is a, a, a such a physical now I've got game cognition backing me so I have to say some positive. I'm fine with it. Uh he is he he plays so physically between the tackles, really good run defender. Awful in coverage. Doesn't add anything as a pass rusher and his instincts are not very good. Really struggles to get off blocks. Um, I think he is Micah Kaiser, who they overdrafted a couple of years ago. Yeah. 
So I can see why they think this is a good pick. This seems to be the type of off-ball linebacker they like. Uh, but to me, he his his ceiling was the sixth round, and he went in the third round in a draft where you didn't have any these. You had two premier picks, and they didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I'm fully fully agreed there. I mean, they don't know what to do at linebacker. We've seen this time in and time out, and it's kind of funny that they still think that they know what they're doing because obviously they do because they took him 103 and everyone else had him in the sixth round. Um, again, I, I get it from the standpoint that you just laid out where you can see why they like him. Um, but why, why not take him at 174 instead of Ernest Brown? Like, I don't know. Uh, fourth round, this is where the, the, they make a bunch of picks. Uh, they live for day three. They take Bobby Brown, Robert Shell, and Jacob Harris. So like these three picks are better than the first two. Yeah, these these three picks are the are, are what they is is their draft. I think uh, Bobby Brown. I was a little lower than this, but I, I have no issue taking him one seventeen. This is their best pick. This is the best pick in terms of value, um, upside, and a, a guy who could potentially find a role in the next little while with Michael Brockers gone big recruit, huge mammoth, man. This is, I had him, I think like 120. So right where around here. Yeah. I remember I was like four, three Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Twi- twitched up dude. Only 20. Yeah. And I, I think it is your future starting nose tackle. I love this pick and, and maybe I love it so much because the rest of the draft really I th- is bad. I think so. The one that I like. No, I like, I like the Rochelle pick too. Um, I had him a, a little higher than where he went. I think it's the only pick where he was he was above the value, um, and similar situation situation to Bobby Brown, where um, are you going to be able to get Darius Williams long term? I don't know, but this is a good home for Robert Rochelle to come in and learn and, and, how to play corner. I think I think these two picks are really good. I, I like these two picks. Um, they're kind of neck and neck and, for the, for, with, for the best one. Yeah, go ahead. With Rochelle, we had heard like he's going to go way higher than people thought. Yeah, and, and so we were kind of sour on him. But I, I think we both had him more in the early fourth round. Yep. They get him late fourth round. He tested unbelievably. He's a fluid, really good feet. Technically, that's where you want to see him improve, especially with finding ball in face. But, like, he's not going to have to play. This is one of the most talent-rich corner groups in the league. Um, so th- this, I mean, this is, yeah, this and the Bobby Brown pick are awesome. Yeah. And then the Jacob Harris pick, uh I don't love that because you took – I think they take him to be a tight end. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously they lose Gerald Everett to your Hawks. But they dropped Bryson Hopkins in the fourth round last year. So I thought this was – he was kind of going to take that Everett role. So Jacob Harris to me is a big height, weight, speed, developmental tight end. Uh, it, it's interesting at least. Yeah, it's too early. Um, it's a project. Um, but it is fun. It's definitely fun. I think like this is their third best – pick kind of like like Skoran, like whatever you're talking two two thirties and later who cares but in terms, of, in terms of the real draft like i think this is their third best pick and it's goofy and maybe it works out i don't know i don't i don't hate it it's a project but it's too it was like way too early fifth round to take ernest brown from northwestern i didn't like this pick Me either um like a big dude who's got some power to him but not very athletic i didn't see very much pass rush upside in, in not enough traits wise to develop. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a pretty mad pick. Great. Seventh round. All three picks are funny. 
Um, they take the Funk Man, Marilyn running back, tested out of his mind. I'm totally okay taking Me him too. here. Me too. Uh, then they take Ben Skronik, who had a hilariously bad senior bowl. Um, and but I think I think both those picks are special teams, and that's why they were taken. Hey, maybe Skronik uh, it gets then, a look at tight end too. Hey, there you go. And then Chris Garrett from Concordia St. Paul, uh, Concordia St. Paul, tiny, tiny edge rusher who, like, I I am shocked he got drafted, but he was freaking dominant at the D2 <laughs> level. So, hey, that's fun. Yeah, they, they had, they had the, the weirdest draft, and that's, that's for sure. I love how they took someone named Brown, someone named Ernest, and then someone named Ernest Brown. I didn't even put that together. Good word. So I think I think McVay's just playing 4D, 4D chess here against us, to be honest. And then you got the Funk Man. Good. It's all a bit. It's all a bit. I, I kind of love it now. A plus. Didn't you? They, like, they, they were so good last year. They're like, uh, we don't need this class. Let's just have fun with it. <laughs> I think so. They, I mean, they were at their, their Rams house that they promoted so much on social media. And then they got COVID, which was not good. Um, yeah. No. A really fucking weird Finally. Draft. Finally, because the Seahawks don't count because they had so few picks, uh, we're on to the final team here. We've Fuck unlocked you. you Seahawks. San Francisco 49ers, who don't shock the world and take the quarterback they should take in Trey Lance, earning my B+. Uh, I give them a B plus too, and it really is the Trey Lance pick that uh, that puts it over the top. And I, I like their day three, to be honest. So, um, like, I, I think the only – oh, we'll get there. Trey Lance, a home run. Uh, <laughs> This was the pick to make. I, 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 that, uh, he's perfect. He's perfect yeah. for Shanahan. He's perfect to, to sit behind Jimmy G for like three games, come in and be the dude. <laughs> the, getting He's the best running quarterback in the class to go with the best arm, to go with the best, excluding the Trevor Lawrence. He is the best um, play action deep ball. He's the best boot quarterback. This is all shit Shanny runs. This is money. And that's why it was never Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, my UG noise was because I'm a Seahawks fan. And I really wanted them to take Mac Jones. Uh, like, Trey Lance has, like, obviously Pro Bowl potential, all pro potential. Yeah. I think I think this is a great home for him. I love Trey Lance so much. I hate that I, have to, I can't cheer for him anymore. Uh, I think I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be special in, in San Fran. 48th overall, they kind of surprise us. They take a guy we both like, but I don't think either of us liked him in the second round, in Notre Dame guard Aaron Banks, who it's even more surprising because he seems like such a perfect fit. Like, I would have thought if a power team took him uh, in the second round even, that you could be like, well, that makes sense. But the zone scheme, I think it's just a weird match. Um, And I like the player a lot, but yeah, I liked him more late third round, early fourth round for a power scheme. So I don't totally get it, but I mean, guard was a need, uh, and on the bright side, like he potentially will not need to play right away. Uh, just a very a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, I had him fifty picks later, um, and I liked him. Yeah, I think he's a good football there. player. Um, but like you said, a weird fit, uh, kind of out of nowhere. Um, like if, if you were to have me guess what offensive lineman they're gonna take. At 48. You told me it's off the line. I would never have guessed it's Aaron Banks. First of all, I just... No, me He either. didn't seem like the type to to even push up further than where kind of the range we saw him. Like, maybe he goes in the 70s at best. Um, but, like, yeah, like you said, if, if it was a power team, I could make some sense of it. Uh, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure. I guess they just wanted more beef on the interior, which, which you're getting with Aaron Banks. So, Yes, he, he is a mean mauler. Yep. Um, Lance was a great fit. Banks a head scratcher. Sermon, third round, another great fit, where you get the one cut and go yeah. angry runner. Um, Shanahan, obviously, long history of success with random running backs. Sermon's a really perfect fit. Uh, I don't think it will take long before he is seeing at least half the half the ball or like yeah the bulk of the carries in general yeah because he uh, it's kind of him and he mostered yeah and he kind of offers something that none of the other backs do they're kind of you know a slasher with some juice um not that sermon doesn't have some juice and can slash but he, he he's got that physical element to him um mm-hmm. that you know he's going to come in and have those uh Good morning, football. Angry runs that are really annoying segments. Um, <laughs> he's going to earn some more touches. Ooh, I think. I, like I think it's a great pick. Yeah. the The only question there is health, right? Yeah. No. Exactly. Which, um, I mean, they, they got a they got so many running backs and they're kind of interchangeable. So I don't, I don't mind them taking them t- being the one to take the swing, especially here. Like I had them seventy three, uh, so I you. think it's perfectly fine. Uh, exactly. I'm with you. Uh, and they take a Buckeye, so they have to go get a Wolverine with their next third-round pick in Ambry Thomas. I didn't like this pick. Um, doesn't to, – to me, he's probably as best as a nickel. Yeah. Athletically, that's what, what you like with him, but I think he is such a technical mess. Um, and th- they, they've been playing with a lot of big corners on the outside, so I'm guessing they're, they're thinking of him as a nickel. I think they took a better nickel in the fifth round, though, so – uh, <laughs> I I don't think they took a better nickel in the fifth round, but I like the the nickel they took in the fifth round too. Um, it was a little early for Ambry Thomas to me too. Not surprising right here, but I do think he's a he's a need. Um, I guess he fits, uh, and I do think he's gonna just kind of work his way in, in, into nickel, which I think is his best home, and it's like a physical nickel. And I, that's kind of that's kind of what their their plan is at corner. So I, I don't I don't hate it. I just I, I don't think it's a slam dunk or anything, but I think it's like a, a decent pick. I like all three of their fifth round picks. Me too. They take Jalen Moore, Diamore, I'm just calling him Dylan Moore, uh, and and Hafanga. Uh, Moore, I I think uh, he's either a swing tackle. I like him better at guard. I think you do yep. too, right? Yep, 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 yep. I I like that pick a lot. Just a really good depth pick, um, who fits the scheme really well too. A good mover had a really good senior bowl. Uh, Lenoir is the the nickel I think is better than Ambry Thomas. Uh, just a really confident, balanced, smart, instinctual nickel. Um, another depth guy. I, I, I'm always four on day three, loading up offensive line and secondary. Those are in pass, in pass rush. Rush. Those are yeah. like, yeah, those are the three spots you should load up on on day three. Uh, and then yeah, Hafanka is just a. I mean, if he could stay healthy and have a little more athleticism, he would have been a, a day. Th- day two pick like he's such a smart football player and plays so physical um just the injury history and the lack of athleticism kind of pushed him down here but he should be a special teams terror yeah at 180 you are going to be ecstatic having a who got on your team like that's for sure um you will never regret this pick i don't think uh well i mean yeah like on the field you will never regret and this pick like, yeah chiquisky tart has a history of being injured too yep. so uh, I like getting a, a, a really smart backup in Hufanga. And I, I also really like the Jalen Moore pick. I think that that fit is kind of great. This is exa- Like, Adam 153, so this is exactly where I had him. Yeah, Adam right there, too. And, and Lenoir, like, Adam 178, so exactly where I had him. I, I loved I loved all three of these picks. I think they, they killed the fifth round. 
And, and Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round with their final pick. Outside of him wearing number 49, I think there's a good fit. Um, kind of offers like a, a discount version of what Trey Sermon does. Yep. Good contact balance, physical runner. Um, in that one cut style yep. that fits the scheme. Gets a little more weight in the backfield. Um, I, I think that made sense. Um, doesn't. They they have a lot of running backs. I'm I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Uh, what did you grade them? I don't think we've said yet. Oh, I, I give them a B plus. I thought we both said did that. Did we? I give them a B plus. Negative sixteen value. So like, a lot of the picks were like right where I had guys except for Aaron Banks. That was one of the more shocking picks of the whole draft. I would say. Right? Yeah, like like a low key uh, where like the big media is never going to talk about it, but it was so out of nowhere. Yeah, like because even when you're just talking about like, I think. Like the little Carmen, you you were not surprised, and, and even Eichenberg, like that all made sense. The banks, yeah, no one really talked about it. They didn't even talk about him much at the senior bowl, and he had a pretty good senior yeah, bowl. He did. Um, and, but I guess part part of the shock is just the scheme fit is so strange. And I d- I did have banks over uh over Carmen and Little, so by by a couple. Me too. Yeah, me slides. too. I was gonna say that. It's just it's just yeah. So it's yeah. it's just I don't know. It just kind of weird we didn't hear anything about um, him going top 50 potentially at all and then no. and then the fit like we mentioned okay the seahawks baby what'd you give them an a plus i mean they, they i give them a b plus they got a really good bang for their buck <laughs> i i like the Dwayne eskridge pick is fun at minimum and i love Dwayne eskridge yeah. i think i was higher on him than uh consensus uh i love the fit considering what what they they, they the item 59 um I love the fit in terms of he gives you a, a dude who can stretch the field but make a ton of plays after the catch too. It, I mean, also I'm biased because I just love Maction so much and I'm happy your Seahawks could have a Maction star. I really, I'm really, i really happy you went to Seattle as just a pure Maction and Dwayne Estridge fan. That's a, a good point. I mean, they need the yak in their offense bad. I know that's kind of what the whole Waldron thing. you got to like, okay, is there more yak built into this offense? They have not been able to figure out that that at all, like in the whole Carroll tenure, really, mu- really, pretty much. Um, so Ashwich is is that pick. So yeah, as a third receiver, I love that. I was a little lower on him, but I, I still think it's a super super fun pick. It's yeah, it's good. and he's wearing number one, which is sick. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's good. Little guy wearing number one, I I love it. I love it, and yeah, I think it. More and like they, they they just stacking receivers that I love. They, they, I mean, Penny Hart, we both love. They bring <laughs> Kate in Johnson. Kate Johnson, yeah. UDFA. We love DK. We love Tyler Lockett. Um, I mean, Cody Thompson, that's another matching <laughs> guy. I mean, Ter- Terry's uh, but, fun, too. Like, yeah, yeah, Terry. John, John Ursua, I mean, I love Hawaii. Um, I, sorry, did you, I give them a B plus? Would you I, I give them a B, um, but, like, I mean, it's hard to give anything more than three picks more than a B for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that, but that respect. Tr- it. We'll talk to Trey Brown first. Um, Trey, Trey Brown, I, I thought made sense because I, he my comp was DJ Reed. Uh, they've gotten a lot out of DJ Reed. Yeah. A guy who could play, who's feisty as hell, could play some nickel, killer special teams dude too. That's why I I, I thought there's a really just solid fine. Me pick. too. No, I think I think this pick doesn't happen if DJ Reed wasn't a Seahawk. Um, I think Reed opened their eyes and they're they're a little more. Uh, they're a little more into the smaller feisty guys, which I like because I think Ugo Amadi fits that role too where they haven't got him too much yep. on the field, but I still love him. He's flashed. Um, this is about where I had Trey Brown, 
corners in need. Um, he fits them. He's he's got that attitude. I like the pick. I honestly, I like I like those two picks a, a, a lot. And then Stone Forsyth is my second favorite yeah. Seahawks pick so, since I've been like on the clock at least in a long time. So I was gonna give them a B. Same reason you did is just lack of picks, whatever. But I just the Stone Forsyth pick, where that's a guy who we both would have been like fully okay with him going in the third round. They get him the sixth round. Uh, you were leading the charge on this, um, like being a potential NFL starter. And I think he's got a good shot to be a, a starting tackle at some point in Seattle. Just such a freaking natural in pass protection. Shocking feat for that size. Considering the Seahawks history, if he was the pick at 56, I'd be happy. Because like, I, I love the player and I, I know they like to overdraft. So, like, when it all came down to it, they got a plus 96 value rate all because of Stone Forsyth for me with three picks, which is kind of remarkable. I never would think that from the Seahawks. Uh, apparently, the plan with Forsyth is he is the Dwayne Brown replacement. Uh, Pete Carroll's already talking him up big time. Uh, Talk about the size, the it's movement like Chris ability. Carson. <laughs> like Chris, he, like when they took Chris Carson and Pete just loved him, even though he was like a late pick. Yeah, no, there's usually like Pete's like always so full of shit about like optimism and stuff, but uh, you can usually get a good sense when it when it's legit for a late guy. Um, um, by the way, wearing number seventy eight, which I like. It's good. That's a good uh, big man, long office line number. Yeah, because yeah, so it is a long number, and this man is six nine. I love Stone Forsyth. I I, um, I think he's going to be a long term starter. I mean, as a as a friend of AJ's, I was happy about this draft because none of it was the classic Seahawks. Oh my god, what the fuck! They should have only and three picks more often. Yeah, the, the lack of picks also helped. Having a first round pick helped because AJ didn't have to be stressed. Uh, Eskridge being the maxion and great senior bull. Uh, and just really fun checking boxes. And, yeah, Stone Forsyth, I think when that happened, I was so happy for you. I screamed a little bit. Again, in, in the last five years, it's my second favorite pick when the pick was made after DK Metcalf. I was so happy. I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, I still don't know why he fell. I have no re- I have no idea why he fell to 208. I, well, he the, the noise for him bubbled up late in the process. Yeah. It was like the people – you, Lance, your line, and Brandon Thorne. And then everybody started getting on the train. I, I'm not going to lie. It was Lance uh, that I saw he had a big grade. I think he, I just noticed when he like he, he watched him and I noticed it. I'm like, okay, I got to throw him on. And then I was like, holy shit. I threw the Georgia game on and he's, he's giving Aziz Ojolari the business. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he's like the only person who handled Aziz Ojolari. Yeah. And at, at that size, the pass blocking ability is amazing. Um, And then, yeah, he's got a lot to clean up in the run. But I saw the promise is there, too. Like, I, I don't think he's. He's incapable of it. So, at two eight, that's uh, uh, a it's an amazing pick. I I think he's going to work out. And this whole draft grading process has worked out for us because we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Um, so thank you for listening along. Please tweet at AJ. Congratulations for the Stone Forsyth pick. Uh, and, and maybe wish AJ some luck with uh, NHL coverage this this uh, NHL playoff season.